Okay, we have an awesome episode for you today. Keeping a little current, we're going to be talking about the first four-issue miniseries of The Vision and The Scarlet Witch and uh, do a little discussion as of uh, what we think from the story, what they're going to pick out for the new uh, WandaVision show. And this issue came out in 1982. We have a blast talking about it. I hope you have just as much fun listening to it. Here we go. Guess what you're filling your eye holes and ear holes with? The Dorkening! Oh, I love the Dorkening. Very popular in Ooh. And Bikini Bottom. Hi, I'm Lou Ferrigno. You're watching The Dorkening. And you know what? You don't like me when I get angry, so don't get me angry. You better keep watching The Dorkening. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. It's a bird! Pages, the comic book club, your weekly dive into your favorite graphic novels and comic books. Their mission to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. And we are now live on Splash Pages, the comic book club. I want to wa- uh, thank everybody for watching this fine evening with us today. We have the Velvet Joker himself. Rich, how's it going, my friend? Good evening. How's everyone doing today? Doing fine. And uh, <laughs> uh, and Chris, spectacular spider host Chris, how's it going, my friend? What's up? <laughs> uh, okay, so today uh, we are talking about, uh, I was going to say spectacular Spider-Man, but that's next. Uh, we're talking about the four-issue miniseries with uh, Wanda and uh, Vision. So um, let me find We can talk it. about spectacular Spider-Man first. It's okay. <laughs> Okay, so uh, this miniseries was published November 1982 through February 1983. It's written by Bill Mantlo, co-creator of Rocket the Raccoon and Cloak and Dagger. It's penciled by Rick Leonardi from Haverhill, Massachusetts, a local. He worked in DC and Marvel, did a ton of stuff. And uh, editor-in-chief at the time was Jim Shooter, and editor was Mark Grunwald. So their first key series together was published in the beginning of November 1982, which contained four issues. The limited series was written by Bill Mantlo and penciled by Rick Lombardi. I said that already. In this series, the villain, Magneto, is retconned as the father of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver while intending to give up his villainous ways of life. The reveal had some precious clues which were revealed or released during Avengers and X-Men titles. This stayed as comic book canon for many decades until it was undone in 2014 crossover storyline Axis. And I uh, just want to give you a little brief history. So 1982-1983, uh, the top movies at the time were E.T., Rocky Three, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Return of the Jedi, uh, Poltergeist, Tootsie, War Games, Trading Places, Conan the Barbarian, and uh, also a little something called <laughs> Compact Discs were introduced during that time. 
Michael Jackson released Thriller, and uh, unfortunately, John Belushi died of drug overdose. Uh, and 125 million people tuned in to the ending of MASH. Uh, I, wow, I, that was quite an entertainment year. Yeah, I know. I You know, I love doing uh, some research as of, uh, you know, where our minds were in 82. Some of us weren't even born yet, uh, but a lot of us, you know, have fond memories at that time. Um, hey, Angelina. Hi, it's 1 a.m. Won't stay long tired tonight. We totally get it, but we love you for uh, tuning in. Uh, Sergio's in the chat as well. Uh, and Facebook user, oh my God, a real clown. <laughs> uh, so uh, I just read this myself, but let's start with uh, the Velvet Joker. What did you think? Well, um, I, I like the storyline. It may not have been super uh, um, adventurous or mind-blowing. I mean, at the time, like you said, that was a big deal for Magneto to become... Uh, Wanda's father at the end but I mean I felt like every story was about family in one way or another yeah yeah it, uh, you okay. know you, you start off with the first uh, the first issue was basically um, this drood comes out of a book and it turns out to be it's the living embodiment of uh, it's written Sam Hain but it's actually pronounced Samhain which is uh, the Celtic holiday with correlates with Halloween um, so that was interesting but at the end uh, they bring on Robert Frank, who was the wizard um, in the Invaders comic back in the 50s and the 60s. Um, and he uh, thinks that he's Wanda's fa father, even though she at one time she believed that to be the case. But she has since found out that he was not. But he did not know that information. So you had the family correlation there. And then the second episode, the, uh, the second book. Whoa. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no worries. No worries. Now, the second book um, was uh, the Wonder Man connection and uh, how, uh, you know, it talks about how visions, uh, they're like brothers because his brain patterns were used, the Wonder Man's brain patterns rather, were used on vision to sort of give him a personality. And it uh, also way, way different from the MCU, they really give you Vision's true history that he was, his body was the original human torch from the invaders um that ultron manipulated and then they like i said they took wonder man's brain patterns and put it onto him to make the vision we have now yeah and they even did a uh series where uh when vision's on the operating table and he's uh sort of like going in and out of consciousness he's like having a fight within his own brain uh against ultron and um yeah that was shocking i i didn't know that that it was the body of the human torch and mm -hmm. the brains of uh, Wonder Man, and they right. thought Wonder Man died. That's why they transferred his essence, and then Wonder Man uh, was just uh, asleep for a while. <laughs> he was in a coma. He was um, ion particle something another. I mean, it's it's weird and complicated. I mean, even Wanda at one point brought Wonder Man back from the dead after he was killed in Force Works, which was a really crappy 90s comic book turned into the Iron Man animated series from the 90s. But uh, the Visions, uh, you know, what's funny is that this whole thing with the Vision being the Human Torch would lead into the uh, Wanda, the, the I think it's probably the first time Wanda went nuts story um, with the Vision being completely dissected and you see every single piece of the Vision laid out on a table Right. And uh, the Vision Quest storyline, uh, which eventually led, leads into the uh, revelation of uh, something about Wanda and uh, and Vision's kids. Until that was retcon later on, and Wanda's kids are now some type of Quicksilver and Wiccan, the uh, you know uh, 
uh, husband of uh, Hulkling. So um... <laughs> it's one retcon after another. <laughs> uh, wow, Joker, you're smart. We knew that. That's why we brought him in. And Chris, too. You guys are, are like, you know, uh, definitely encyclopedia of comics. And uh, we talk about it every week. But, you know, this is why, you know, I wanted to start this up with you guys because, you know, I fell out of comics. And there's a lot of shit I don't know, especially with, like, watching WandaVision. And we know that the MCU, they take little bits and pieces from different storylines. And uh, you can see some stuff was taken from, from the storyline. Like, uh their house uh, is in a little town in New Jersey. Yes, Leonia, New, New Jersey. Leonia, New Jersey. Yeah, it's not uh, Westview, though. <laughs> no, it's not. No. No. Uh, they are trying to make themselves a normal life. And, and some interesting tid, tid, uh, tidbits about this. Um, when they first move into the house, they show Jarvis comes to help them. Yes. Now, for those who don't know, Jarvis is is Batman is like Alfred, but for the Avengers. You know, he comes from a military background. Um, before they had an AI, they had a human butler named Jarvis. Yeah, and he only showed up um, in Endgame, right? No, he was in Peggy Carter, the TV series, for every episode because he was Howard Stark's butler. Oh yeah, I mean, as of yeah, I, I didn't I didn't watch Peggy Carter, which I'm sorry. which allowed Peggy Carter like that made like. Peggy Carter, the first series to have a crossover with uh, the movies, because let's face it, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they never referenced anything that ever happened on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all, well, not I, even once. Actually, but I, I Peggy thought... Carter, that was the first time we'd actually had a crossover with the TV show, finally. I thought Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was supposed to do like a crossover with uh, Thor to Dark World. They were doing like the cleanup afterwards. Nope. No? But, okay, so that happened on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, and anytime something happened in the movies, it would affect Agents of Shield. Like, for instance, the first season when you know they 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 had their mid season break and they didn't understand what was happening and who was taking over. Then we had Captain America: Winter Soldier come out, and then the mid season break comes back and it's revealed that it's Hydra. You know that was that was very carefully planned, but that's the closest it came. And then because years later, when they do the Thanos snap thing. It's never once ever mentioned on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that, uh, you know, half the entire galaxy's population just got murdered and five years later. It's the worst. And that's because Ike Pulmetter and Kevin Feige do not get along. And Ike Pulmetter was in charge of a lot of that stuff. Hmm. Ike Pulmetter is the uh, guy who basically runs Marvel Comics, too. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't really care for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um yeah, well, last season was pretty good. They did a lot of time travel episodes. They were in a different time period in every season, uh, every episode of the season. Um, very cool. I think I watched the first two seasons of that. Uh, so, Chris, I know we talked before this, but you, you didn't really care for this miniseries, did you? I mean, the only thing I ever got out of it was, you know, the revelation that Magneto's their dad. And, you know, he's like, oh, well... Yay, I'm your father, and I'm going to be good. I mean, I think, what year did this come out? This came 82. out, yeah, 82. Okay, so I think this was around the time of X-Men number 200, where Magneto just suddenly becomes a good guy because Mag Xavier gets injured, and he decides, I'm going to leave the school now. Oh, with his purple outfit. His giant M outfit, yeah, which yeah. then... You know, again, this is all written by Chris Claremont, so Claremont would come back around later on and be like, "Nope, Magneto is a son of a gun, and he's gonna tilt the world on its axis and destroy everything." <laughs> <laughs> all 
Uh, so, uh, yeah, issue number four, we have uh, Magneto running in the cover. And uh, and this was mentioned earlier, but uh, Wonder Gore, and we actually get to see the uh, the midwife, which is a uh, half cow, half person, I imagine. Yes, which will tie into a event we will probably not cover at all <laughs> on the podcast because it ties, it's so boring, but I have to cover it on Spectacular. Uh, the midwife uh, cow woman is created by the High Evolutionary. Okay. And there's a giant multi-book crossover event uh, coming up at some point on uh, Spectacular. Uh, I have to cover one annual of, I mean, the rest of the podcast can cover it if they really want to, but it's a really dull story. That the crossed... Evolutionary War, right, Chris? Yeah, 30 annuals. Yeah, 30 freaking annuals. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, the only issue that's important to cover is the one tied to the Clone Saga because the High Evolutionary, the Jackal, Norman Osborn, it's it, it's a mess to explain, and we'll get there later. <laughs> uh, Facebook user, I for some reason I don't see your name. They say, "Ugh, I can't do comic books." Sorry, Leo. Uh, fucking too much chaos in the layout. <laughs> um, sequential art could be really difficult for people to read sometimes, but that's what the app on. Uh, your Kindle makes it very easy to basically just slide between every single panel. So you're not looking at yeah. the entire page full of panels. Yep. Uh, uh, Mar- Marvel Unlimited does that as well. Once. What's that? I said I dated somebody who had a big problem trying to read comic books until I showed her the app. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, You definitely have to get used to it, but um, Marvel Unlimited does that as well. Which right. Is, uh, By the way, that issue of X-Men was in 1985, so we were a little ways away, but I think that was the beginning steps of turning Magneto into somewhat of a good guy before yeah. they turned him back into a bad guy. Yep. And now he's pretty much a good guy again, I guess. Yeah. Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, a bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right! We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons, I don't know, help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibans. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplange. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retroidocubus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. Of problems. Hey, they might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retroidocubus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar podcast networks with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. Uh, The final confrontation takes place on the moon uh, where Wanda goes to save her brother, Pietro, uh, who is alive in this comic. And also a son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, and uh, he had. Uh, they even make him look like Magneto. Now, do we? Uh, do you? Do you know that uh, Pietro and Wanda were actually the children of Wolverine in the Ultimate X Men universe? Uh, no. no. Yes, and they were also uh, like the Lannister twins. Oh, Facebook user is Matt from uh, my old job, Tease Plus. 
Hey, Matt, thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, they were uh, the daughter and son of Wolverine, yep. and they were like the Lannister twins. Wow. And was that retconned, or is that current? The Ultimate Universe doesn't exist anymore. I okay. mean, that was destroyed during the Secret Wars. Uh, Miles and his family were basically... Uh, Miles, his family, and the uh, Ultimate Reed Richards are the only survivors. Gotcha. Um, the... Uh, What's funny about that, though, is that in the Age of Ultron movie, where they're in it, played by uh, Elizabeth Olsen, and I forget who plays her brother um, before he's killed, uh, they had just a year before those two actors played husband and wife in Godzilla, the 2014 oh, Godzilla. Yep, yep, yep. So, which was very, very funny to see them now playing twin brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, they don't have, like, they don't have any big scene together other than like kissing, but she does like crawl into his lap to give him a kiss. And you're just like, I already know these two are playing the twins, a Pietro and Wanda <laughs> later on. This is really <laughs> awkward to watch. <laughs> and I know they're actors. They're not really blood related, but still. <laughs> Captain America Winter Soldier had just come out a month before that movie that showcased them at the, uh, during the, you know, the teaser, uh, the, the clip that plays at the end of the credits. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, uh, it uh, looks like uh, WandaVision is going to tie more into that. Uh, Angelina says, uh, uh, you know, I believe she's re replying to Matt, who uh, can't do comics. Uh, she says, or we can listen to you all and we'll know what happens. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> we, we try our best. Uh, we're going to be going uh, into reviews shortly as well uh, as of how many crowbars we're going to give it. Uh, and... Uh, are we also talking to talk about WandaVision, the show, and what we're caught up to? We can, yeah, totally. So There's a mid-season trailer out on uh, IMDb right now. Yes. So I've seen some stuff, and I'm not – I'm going to try to watch what I say because uh, some big spoilers dropped. Uh, actually, it looked like it was the coming soon scenes for, like, the next two episodes. Oh, cool. uh, the yeah it well chances are you're not gonna see it because the mouse smacked the guy down hard <laughs> and they kind of like purged the video from the internet oh it was like a leaked video oh, is that what it was yeah it was leaked video that showed scenes from like the next couple episodes oh yeah and uh so uh yeah the guy got uh he was from overseas and translated text yeah he he like apologized for sharing uh pirated uh video and yeah it's the the, the mouse smacked them down hard but because of that they were considering actually rumor was that they were going to release two episodes this week mm -hmm. uh but they decided not to uh, did i hear something about a uh also a rumor about a possible bonus episode at the end we don't know about oh that would be awesome absolutely mm. well we were talking prior to this and before you came on chris is uh you know, this is the beginning of phase four, you know, WandaVision. So um, they can really stem a lot from this. You know, it, we, there was some rumor that, you know, the talk of the missing astronauts, uh, that could be a tie into Fantastic Four. They could bring mutants into this and that could bring in the X-Men. Um, right. And uh, I mean, they're they're gonna speed phone us every week. There's still the rumor that Benedict Cumberbatch could be showing up, which is completely possible. He's contracted and filming, or uh, sorry, he starts filming next month. Uh, Mountain of Mat, the the Multiverse of Madness with Sam Raimi. So that's great. But uh, I mean, 
the uh, what we've gotten in this episode is going to be probably how it's going to go going forward. Like on Kevin Smith's podcast, he talked about how like we had three episodes set in the TV world. We had one whole episode set in the real world. Going forward, it's going to be half and half. We're going to get half that TV show thing. We're going to get that 80s sitcom coming up like Three's Company. Uh, and we're going to we're going to see obviously Wander and uh, Vision dressed up like their comical counterparts finally in ridiculous flamboyant colored costumes for Halloween. Yeah. But we're also going to get like half an episode set up with uh, Darcy and uh, Agent Wong. No, not Agent Wong. Uh, Agent the Wu. guy from uh, Ant Man and Wasp. Uh, Agent yeah. Wu. Wu. Agent Wu. Yeah. Who, by the way, uh, Agent Wu has confirmed he was not snapped away because it took him five years to figure out Ant Man's car trick. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. also fantastic to see uh, 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 Kat Denning, huge, huge, huge fan of hers. <laughs> yeah, she, she's awesome. I, I loved her from uh, Two Broke Girls. And yes. it was great to see her in Thor. And, um, you know, speaking of, um, you know, the Halloween costumes and stuff, uh, you know, another thing, you know, this whole series started off in Halloween. And that brought in some some demons and you know maybe that's something that they'll take a snippet from and add it to uh to the show right and and you got to think about like okay so they're dealing with something clearly magical i mean their swords kind of figuring this out it's something to do with wanda why wouldn't they call the only person they know who can deal with magic stuff yeah dr strange yep it's like what you do in comic books when there is magic crap you go to Doctor Strange or Brother Voodoo, but we haven't established Brother Voodoo or anything like that in the show. No. So, I mean, that just happened with Spider-Man. He was dealing with magic crap and went to Doctor Strange. And then, of course, Doctor Strange, he touched something he wasn't supposed to. And that's when Doctor Strange, by the way, found out about Peter's little Mephisto deal from way back in the day, about 10 years ago now going on. If you can believe that, by the way, one more day was like 13 years ago. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Tim Jones says, loving WandaVision. And uh, if you don't know Tim Jones, he does the Sour Grapes comic. And I uh, absolutely love everything you do, Tim. And uh, so we learned a couple things from this miniseries. And, you know, for me being the the novice, especially in Marvel, uh, we learned that, you know, Wanda's magic is a probability field from her mutant side and then teamed with true magic. Uh, and then she learned a true magic from Agatha Harkness. And some th people are thinking that Agnes in WandaVision is Ag Agatha Harkness. Okay, so here's what I think about who all of those people are. Um, what was the beginning of the episode about episode four? What what was it What was it about? Uh, it was started with the blip. Yep, the reverse of the blip. Yep. And, you know, we find out unceremoniously, I kind of hate it when they do this, they kill off um, uh, Captain Marvel's bestie. Of cancer. Yeah. Oh, uh, like, just real quick, Angelina, thanks for joining. Uh, she says, uh, thanks for another great show. Really can't stay awake tonight. We greatly appreciate you joining us. She's uh, tuning in all the way from the UK. Thanks, uh, Angelina. Hey. And sorry, continue, Chris. Um, then we have a little bit of a time jump, a tiny time jump, probably from the end of the, bl the blip happened. These Marvel movies seem to take place in somewhat of real time with the exception of the five-year gap, obviously. So they're now in 2023. Well, so um, so real quick, that, so the time, so this is three weeks past Endgame, uh, but if you remember, Spider-Man Homecoming is farther than that. It's about six months, they said. Yeah, yep. Because they, they talk about, like, months ago, 
brave heroes, blah, blah, blah. You know, the yeah. news report with Betty Brandt. Anyway, um, I think everyone in the town is people who don't have any place to go anymore because of the blip. Like basically oh. shield bought a town, shield or sword or the government bought a town. You got no place to go because your family died in the five years or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I, don't forget there are, they finally give us the seriousness of being five years blipped. We still haven't gotten to like the, how many planes came crashing out of the sky and just murdered entire buildings full of people. The pilots disappeared. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I thought that was so. Um... I'm sure Iron Man, I mean, was Iron Man was dead and they didn't have enough heroes to go flying around catching planes and stuff like that when, you know, because he was oh, dead. Now you're assuming the planes came back. How do you know people just didn't drop out of the sky because it only affected <laughs> the people, not the technology? Uh, you know. So, so I thought uh, they explained this because when Hulk did a snap to bring everyone back, uh, it was he wished for everybody to come back safely. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, the commentary with the directors, the Russo brothers, do talk about saying, okay, so just to clarify with everybody who's listening to the commentary, everyone landed on the ground. If they were in the sky, if they were on a boat in the water, no, they're not drowning in the middle of an ocean <laughs> with a bunch of sharks eating them. Yeah. They, they wanted to like put all the trolls to rest about that. However, when the blip did happen the first time, when Thanos snapped his fingers, how many pilots got blipped out and the planes full of oh, people yeah. crashing into the ground killing everyone it was probably 9-11 all over again but well yeah because we gonna probably cross that bridge on a in a movie as much as they might do that in a tv series showing planes smashing into buildings out of respect for real world events well, I, so, well so we have about three different people in a cockpit usually so if one of them blips out there's a good shot that they could still get down safely Okay, yeah. but the entire co cockpit of people, the entire cockpit of c captains blips out. Oh, then, yeah, then they're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. trains, well, all the car yeah. accidents that probably happened. Uh, well, also, you know, with the confusion, you know, who's going to be, be thinking of that? But uh, not Endgame, Infinity War, at the end of that, um, don't we see a helicopter crashing with Sam Jackson? Um pretty sure that happens yeah he uh at the end of at the end of infinity war we do see the chaos yeah so uh rich what are your your theories with this wandavision or your overall thoughts um wandavision wandavision um well i, I don't know where it's going and and i love that yeah um you know i i were, i was sort of predicting some stuff coming into before this reveal episode uh, I mean, the blip was a big surprise, and that was very cool. Um, and then when you see the whole the the very last scene where uh, Monica Rambo comes out of the thing and she says, "It's all Wanda. It's all Wanda." So now the big question is: Is Wanda cognizant, or is Wanda somewhat cognizant, but she's being controlled or manipulated? You know, I mean, that's that's the big thing. And it was interesting seeing. Uh, one side of, you know, we saw the, the beginning episodes and then they show us the scenes. It's, this is how it really was. But we were seeing it the first time it was through Wanda's eyes. But this is, you know, like the beekeeper was actually yeah. just a guy in a hazmat suit. You know, where'd those bees come from? Yeah. And, and we no, don't know where he went to because they didn't show that. All right. All right. Yeah. Once he came out of the tunnel, we don't know what happened to him. No, we just know that she rewound everything and, uh, and I, I I like it how we're seeing it differently from Wanda's point of view from what they're seeing on the TV. They're just seeing like a quick blip with the edit where we're seeing like the rewind and everything. 
Right. And when they first showed that the vision looking like the dead vision, oh yeah, that was that was pretty creepy and surprising. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you had so many people online saying like, "Is it necrophilia?" You know, because is he? Yeah, like... is he animating a dead corpse? Yeah. Is she? <laughs> No, that, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be fairly dark. Oh, yeah. Vision not being alive, I don't think that would be necrophilia. Well, he's... he's. But he's if you want an expert on... Uh, if, if we're going to get into necrophilia and cover a necrophilia... No, we're not. Topic, we're not. We got my uh, co-host from one of my other podcasts who was very much into it, so... Yeah, no. no. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> oh, come on. We should have an open mind on this podcast about things. Oh, we, we have an open mind, but not... No, no. <laughs> uh so uh yeah i'm i'm gonna refrain from saying stuff because uh i know i'm gonna leak something because i i don't want to spoil anything but yeah there's there's some cool so, stuff let's see. So, so this series um i'm gonna give it uh three and a half crowbars but right now wandavision uh, i'm giving four and a half crowbars four and a half yeah, I'm really enjoying WandaVision. Um, uh, Harley and I, we've we've been talking about the episode for days now. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to give it, uh, for the miniseries, uh, I'm going to give it three crowbars. Um, you know, it was interesting trying to think about if WandaVision wasn't, com- wasn't out already, if I wasn't already watching it, I probably would have given it less crowbars. But reading this, trying to pick out, you know, thinking of like as a – Marvel writer uh, trying to think what could I pick out for this for WandaVision trying to make that connection uh, was a lot of fun but the overall story you know I agree you know it's a long story just to bring up Magneto as the father Uh, it was enjoyable but it wasn't superb Um, and WandaVision uh, yeah uh, five crowbars definitely five crowbars crowbars. loving every minute I've watched every episode so uh, when it comes out, I watch it uh, right away so I don't get spoiled. Um, and then Good. I, and then I rewatch it with uh, with my wife later. I got her into watching it, and uh, I can. She's gonna watch Doctor Strange with me as well. She doesn't like to do like the the Marvel movies, but I'm. I'm you, should, you should show her the Peter Horton Doctor Strange from the seventies. No, <laughs> it's available. Not joking. It's available on DVD from Shout Factory. Really? Yep. That's they have all the crappy Marvel's crap. Like uh, they got the uh, '90s Captain America, the '70s Captain America, and they have uh, Doctor Strange. And they got uh, they did have uh, Nick Fury for a little while, but it's out of print. Well, I, I have the '90s Captain America. I have the Fantastic Four from the '90s as well. Uh, I need to add the '70s Captain America. You bootlegger, you! Roger <laughs> <laughs> <his> money. <laughs> So, Chris, how many uh, crowbars would you give the series in WandaVision? Uh, I guess two and a half, maybe. <laughs> I'm not, again, not a huge fan of it, and uh, I don't, I'm not a big raider on stuff. So, okay, but that's all I got to say about this episode. Uh, what about WandaVision in in itself? Oh, the show itself yeah. is is um is slow going, but it's 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 okay. Well, okay. I'm I'm gonna wait till the whole show is over. Okay. Sounds good. Well, we're going to take a quick break for uh, our sponsor's commercial, uh, Deadly Grounds. And uh, they're a little mom-and-pop shop uh, here in Connecticut. Make the best coffee you'll ever have. Uh, But here's a zombie talking about coffee, and when we come back, we're going to be talking Spider-Man. Here we go. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. 
Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. I want to thank everybody for listening, and if you want to catch Chris's episode where we talk about Spectacular Spider-Man, just uh, do a look up for Spectacular Spider-Man Sal Buscema era podcast. We have a blast doing it and uh, helping Chris with his show as well. Next week, we have a very special guest. We're going to be talking with Cooperberg, Paul Cooperberg, about his uh, series with the Phantom Stranger. May also get some uh, uh, Supergirl questions in as well. And uh, it's going to be an awesome uh, show having our first guest on Splash Pages. And with that, have a glorious day. Bye. Doobie doobie dab dab. Dun 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 d